You know, when it comes to God's timing, we are more often than not skeptics at best. When it comes to God's timing, we will find out today that it is and always will be perfect and with great reason. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. We are in Genesis chapter 15 today, looking once again at this conversation between God and Abraham. And amidst this conversation, God reveals to Abraham just what he's going to do with his offspring, and actually how long it will take and why, pulling the curtain back just a bit on God's amazing grace for the benefit of us and Abraham. Here's Pastor Layton with today's study, verse by verse. The reason for the 400-year delay was that God was revealing to Abram and to us that he is patient. And his patience is explained by Paul in Romans uh, chapter 2, verse 4, when he asks the question, Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Why is God patient? Why is God kind? To lead us to repentance, to give us the opportunity to repent. That has been God's operational mode throughout history. And here God is being patient with the nations in Canaan and delaying judgment, giving them an opportunity to repent. And his patience literally went on for centuries. But there comes a point at which the scales tip and judgment falls. And the displacement of the Amorites by Israel was not simply the result of divine favoritism, because they had long flaunted God's moral laws and were under his judgment. Now here God also establishes the boundaries of the promised land, and those boundaries today are only partially fulfilled. But they will be completely fulfilled at some point in the future. Now, one can see that this knowledge could irritate those who presently rule some land that will eventually belong to Israel. There are good reasons why there is continuing tension in the Middle East. Now, God promised that Abram would live a long and full life. He did 175 years. And you would think that this promise would have given Abram courage in any confrontation or any life-threatening situation. God promised, so I know I'm getting through this. And I'm going to continue living. But humans are fickle and frail. And in the chapters ahead, we're going to be reminded that Abram was not without his faults. There's something else that we can learn from this as well. And that is suffering precedes glory. Suffering precedes glory. Abram's life is one trial after another. Paul reminded believers on his first missionary journey... Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Suffering precedes glory. Now, there's a ceremony here that's described and that was known in the day, that day as a cutting a covenant. Cutting a covenant. And the solemn ritual involved the death of animals and the binding of people to their promise. The persons making the covenant would sacrifice several animals and divide the bodies, placing the halves opposite each other on the ground. Then the parties would together walk between those pieces of sacrifice in a declaration that if they failed to keep their word, if they failed to keep their promise, 
they deserve the same fate as the animals. That's the way it's supposed to work out. But Abram's experience was different. He killed the animals, he laid them on the ground, he spent the rest of the day fighting off the birds of prey. And then when the sun went down, he fell into a deep sleep, and then God appears and speaks to him. But notice that it's God alone who passes between the parts of the sacrifice. It's God alone who made the promise. God alone made the promise. Abram didn't make a promise to God. There were no conditions for this covenant. The covenant of grace comes from the generous heart of God. We're not saved by making promises to God. We're saved by believing God's promises to us. That's important for us to remember. We're not saved by making promises to God. We're saved by believing God's promises to us. And that knowledge, it helps us understand verse 6. So let's look at verse 6. This verse is so important. It's one of the foundations of the Christian faith. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. Perhaps another way of saying it might be like this. We are saved by grace through faith. See the connection. Neither the old, this, no other Old Testament text has exercised such an influence in understanding faith and on the New Testament itself. And the New Testament writers use it to illustrate salvation by faith. It's quoted three times in the New Testament, Galatians 3.6, Romans 4.3, and James 2.23. And the three key words are believe, credited, counted, or imputed, and righteousness. What was Abram's greatest need? Righteousness. What is our greatest need? Righteousness. Right standing before God. This is the greatest need of everyone in the world today. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, not one. See, it's not enough to be religious. God demands that we have perfect righteousness or he will not let us into his heaven. Righteousness credited or reckoned, or counted, or imputed. Whatever translation you may be reading, the meaning is the same. How did Abram receive this righteousness? He believed the Lord, and it was imputed to him. The word impute means to put into one's account. On the cross, our sins were put on Jesus' account when he suffered the punishment that belonged to us. And when we put our trust in him... His righteousness is put into our account, and we stand righteous and forgiven before holy God. Righteousness credited. Righteousness imputed by believing God. Abram believed God, and the word there is sometimes translated amen. Basically, it was like saying amen, God. And the word believe means to lean your whole weight upon, that Abram put his whole weight upon, his whole dependence upon Believing God's promise. Amen in scripture never means may it be so. It always means it shall be so. It is so. So let it be. So again, we're not saved by making promises to God, but rather by believing the promises of God. Abram was not believed by obeying God or even promising to obey God, but rather by believing God. And his obedience was proof of his faith. 
as someone has said it, sinners are not saved by faith plus works, but a faith that works. Or as the New Testament author James might say it, we're just, justified by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. Faith without works is dead. And so this verse, verse 6 in Genesis chapter 15, is the Bible's landmark text for understanding the relationship between faith and righteousness. And it's not new with Abram. It was evident in the lives of Abel and Enoch and Noah, who all lived before the flood. Their stories are told in Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes called the Believer's Hall of Faith. You see, righteousness and salvation have always been about faith in God. The law of Moses was not given as a source of salvation. It was given so that we may all know how far we miss the mark of righteousness and how desperately we need God's Savior. And God's Savior is Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. One mediator. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes, whoever puts their faith in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Christ Jesus is God incarnate. Romans chapter 4 says, What does the scripture say? Abram believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Amen. It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Galatians 3 says, in the same way Abram believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. The real children of Abraham are those who put their faith in God. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Isn't that incredible? Amen? Amen. He, like Abraham, we look forward to the city whose architect and builder is God. We call it heaven. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be uh, by grace and may be a guarantee to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the, of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And then the Apostle Paul concludes Romans chapter 4 with these words. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Amen. 
So the question is, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Have you put your faith in Him alone? And then a related question would be, has that faith produced works? Has it changed your life? Has there been a transformation in your life? Because if it's real, you will have a transformed life. It is our hope and prayer that that is the life you are experiencing today. And if you're not sure, reach out to us. Highlands.us, that is our website. We have contact information there as well as the opportunity to email us. Highlands.us. Well, as we begin this week, we do so recognizing that it is really the beginning of the holiday season. Thanksgiving coming up in just a couple of days. With that in mind, we'll take a break from Genesis tomorrow, a look at true Thanksgiving. Join us then for study verse by verse with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Leighton Sheely. <laughs> 